You're listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast, episode 23, How to Create a Family Mealtime Routine. It really is no surprise that having a solid mealtime routine is beneficial to the well-being of the entire family. Being able to set aside 30 minutes to an hour every evening, or at least a couple times a week, really does wonders to improve communication and relationships among family members. I know for some, the thought of even getting a meal on the table and having the stars aligned so that every member is sitting at the table at once might seem like a fairy tale. I have good news though, establishing a stress chaos-free mealtime routine may be easier than you imagined, and I have a ton of tips and tricks to make it a reality for you. That's what we're talking about today, so let's get started. You're listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm a wife, mother of three, and the creator of the blog Winging It on the Homestead, where I help modern mothers incorporate simple living and self-sufficiency skills and knowledge into their busy lives. My goal is to help you refocus your life towards what really matters, your family, as well as boost your confidence so you can start being more self-reliant and decrease your dependence on stores and commercial products. Join me as I share with you my appreciation for creating a homemade and homegrown life through gardening, food preservation, cooking from scratch, making your own products, all while keeping it all practical, intentional, and realistic. Hi guys, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to create a family mealtime routine that works for you and your family. We, at at my house, we typically have meals together as a family, but I know that is not typical for a lot of people, and for some people, it's difficult to even get everyone in the same room, much less at the dinner table. So that's what I want to talk about today, because I think family meals are really important. Um, So before we jump into the when, where, and how, let's discuss why you would even want to do this. (laughs) It should really be no surprise that there are so many benefits to spending time with your family for an hour each day. Um, The thing I love about family mealtime is that it's an intentional time um, that does so much to strengthen the communication bonds between the family members, as well as it allows you know, parents to keep a pulse on the well-being of the family. So it's something that's already built into your schedule, um, especially if you have uh, people working and you're able to come together as a family at the end of the day and enjoy a meal together. It really creates a really great cohesion among family members. So some of these benefits are, like I said, it brings families together intentionally and establishes a routine, um, increases confidence and reliability for kids. It also encourages healthy eating habits, encourages good manners. And like I said, for working parents, it creates a dependable family time at the end of the day. You're kind of, uh, you know, killing two birds with one stone where you're getting that family time in intentionally and everyone has to eat. So you're doing that all at the same time. So creating a family mealtime routine does not have to be anything extravagant. You know, I tell people, keep it simple. It also does not have to, nor should it be an elaborate, fancy dinner for every meal. If having, you know, a meal, family mealtime is completely foreign to you, I I definitely recommend starting with a simple meal. If you're already doing carry out or delivery or takeout, Focus on getting that, but having everyone come together as a family and sit at the table together at the same time. I know for some people, it's just, it just becomes 
their routine, um, you know, an alternate routine of getting takeout or even having create or even making a meal, but not sitting together. So everyone's doing their own thing. People are doing, kids are doing homework, you know, maybe you're doing work or you're, you know, taking that time to watch TV or, or whatever. Um, that is your routine, right? So this is just changing that routine and having everyone come together to sit at the table at the same time. Uh, clear off the table and just sit together. So even if you don't have, a, you're not cooking dinner, you know, get that takeout and actually sit together at the table. Uh, some things you should consider setting a specific dinner time really helps establishing a routine for before dinner or after dinner um, is also really important. So setting a specific time for dinner, you know, it may be difficult at four, at it may be difficult at first to kind of stick to a specific dinner time, uh, but it is important to set that expectation if you're hoping to make this family meal time a priority. So I, our family, I start cooking at four, unless it's just something that takes me a lot longer than I'll start at 3.30. Um, but I'll usually start at four. So four to five is my cooking time. And then I really try to have dinner on the table by 5.30 so that we can eat, have things cleaned up and everything by quarter after six. And then we can do some family time before we start doing baths. So that's what we do. Um, so choose a time that works for you. You know, if all members know what time they're expected to be at the table, there are no surprises or reasons for argument. It might take you know, a couple times to get people acclimated to this idea of actually coming, putting aside what they're working on or what they're doing at the moment to come sit down for family meal time. Um, so like I said, make a t pick a time that works for you. If you don't get home until 4.30, don't try to have dinner on the table at 5. You know, try to do a 6 or 6.30. Like I said, for my husband typically gets home about 5-ish, so I'll start cooking at 4 uh, and start prepping a little bit earlier if I need to, depending on what I'm making. And we shoot to have dinner on the table at 5.30. This helps him avoid snacking as soon as he gets home from work. And it also allows us time after dinner to spend time with the kids. So like a four, before dinner routine, once um, one of the most chaotic times of the day for my family is right before dinner. The kids are restless. The baby is usually, you know up from a nap, but she's hungry, but I don't want to feed her too much. Everyone's asking for snacks and juice. In order to get dinner done and on the table, it's important to have a game plan for this time. So that hour leading up to dinner, usually have an activity or something that can occupy them. You know, if they're older kids, you know, allow them to, uh, you know, have TV or whatever. That's for my kids, what I typically do, I try to have them this, usually at this time, is when, you know, we definitely do TV or screen, something that can keep them occupied with little interaction for me. I got to get dinner on the table. I can't have three kids running around at my feet. Uh, so I save that, definitely save that screen time um, for this, this cooking dinner hour. In addition, it's really important to make sure that the kids snack before this time. So I try to cut off any kind of kitchen. Um, I try to cut off any kind of snacks 45 minutes leading up to meals. You know, if the kids are hungry, what I can do is I can let them snack on something that I'm preparing. So if I'm cutting carrots, they can have a carrot. If I've got some cheese, they can have cheese, but something 
um, that I'm working on that's already kind of maybe part of their dinner, I could let them have some of that. If they're just really begging for food because begging hungry kids begging for food does not make my job any easier. Then having a transition plan. So there's nothing worse than working your butt off to get everything on the table, piping hot at once, and then having to hunt everyone down, beg them to come to the table, stop what they're doing, um, you know, come to wash your hands, come to the table. It takes forever and then everything is cold and it can be so frustrating. So this can easily be taken care of by offering a 10 minute warning, you know, letting people know dinner will be on the table in 10 minutes or um, this allows plenty of time for your games or TV to be turned off, homework to be put away, uh, hands be washed, and then everyone comes sit at the table, which is really important. Uh, Hand washing before sitting at the table is a routine that can be established. Um, I always forget this. I'm the worst at this, Uh, but it's something that I'm trying to work on. Um, For us, it always, we also have assigned seats and that's just kind of by accident. I mean, I think it's kind of people sit in in a seat and then they, you know, it tends to happen naturally. Um, But it's helpful because it prevents any kind of argument from the kids who decide, you know, they're going to decide where they sit every night. So we definitely have assigned seats. Something that works well for me as a mom that's cutting three plates full of food. I make sure that I'm sitting next to the baby and then next to my three-year-old so that I can make sure that they have everything they need. And then my husband helps my five-year-old if necessary. So that's kind of the strategy we use at sitting uh, as far as our assigned seats. And then so the next thing that's important is setting mealtime expectations. While, you know, we hope that a family mealtime is enjoyable for everyone, it's also a good idea to have some expectations. So these are just some of the examples of expectations that we have at our house. That's This is just what we do. There's no really haggling over it. Um, so kids drink milk at dinner and they must try everything on their plate. So I know this is going to be difficult if you've got picky eaters. Um, and I must say we're blessed with relatively good eaters. My five-year-old can be picky at times depending on what it is that we're making, but for the most part, they eat just about anything. But I have them, they must try everything on their plate. Uh, and then what is important is for you as a parent to decide if you will enforce a clean dinner plate or eat until you feel full. That's something that is important for you to determine so that when you sit down, the expectations can be made. We also have some form of dessert every night if you earn it. And by earning it, I mean you have to eat your vegetables and your meat, um, at least to our satisfaction. You must eat enough of that um, and be well behaved to have dessert. Those are kinds of the standards and expectations that we have made. Now, obviously, whatever works for your family is ideal. There's not a perfect plan or structure for family mealtime because you'll probably also find that it will evolve as your kids get older, as their tastes change, as they, you know, have more things, they're busier and your, your time is more stretched among other activities. So another thing that I love to suggest to people is to get your kids involved. There's really no reason that you should be doing everything. Um, So encouraging your kids to help and pitch in allows them to learn some much needed kitchen skills. This is something that I've incorporated as as part of our homeschooling is that one night 
a week. They, each one of them, so my five-year-old will help me one night. My three-year-old will help me the next night, um, will help me make dinner. So that just helps them get acclimate, acclimated to things in the kitchen. Um, I give them pretty easy things to do, make some busy work, stirring things, moving things, measuring things, um, but just kind of get some started. In addition to that, they help me set the table. And you can also have an older kid help, like I said, with food prep or cooking. Um, cleaning up after the meal is definitely not something you should do yourself, nor should you have to, re- God forbid, revisit a messy kitchen after you put the kids to bed. That's one of the things I used to do when my kids were younger was we'd have dinner I'd leave the kitchen and then we would rush up to bed, bath and bed, and then I'd have to come back downstairs for a messy kitchen, which I've which I had forgotten about at that point, and then I have to spend the next half hour cleaning. And it was just it was difficult. So instead, I think it's really important to encourage everyone to help. Um have give everyone a age appropriate job to do. Um have everyone bring their plates in from the dining room to the kitchen, scrape their plates, put in the dishwasher, um, have them, you know, clear the tables, uh, sweep the floors under the tables, even wash some dishes. You know, um, some of that is just really helpful so that you're not doing everything, um, (laughs) everything yourself. And the kids like helping and you'll be amazed at how much different just a couple of helping hands can make. Um, what a big difference in the amount of work for you. All right. So then the next, once you kind of have your family meal time expectations and structure set, it's kind of working for you. How um, can you make it work consistently for your family? So it's not just like just a special Sunday night dinner. So having a special dinner every so often is not difficult, but creating a consistent family mealtime routine is something that might take a little bit more effort to keep in place. Some ways that I'm able to get dinner on the table and everyone eating together every night is by using some of these steps. So I meal plan a little bit. I'm not great at meal planning, but I'll meal plan a couple meals in advance. It's plain and simple. Um, like I said, it's nothing fancy because I don't, I, I, I start to rebel if I try to get too structured like that. Uh, prepping some food beforehand, either during the day or in bulk earlier in the week helps a lot. I also have an arsenal of simple meals that I can accomplish without thinking with the kids running around, um, as well as an arsenal, arsenal of simple meals of stuff that is fridge ready. So not something that I have to take out of the freezer or marinade or anything that takes like a bunch of prep. It's like I could go into the kitchen at four o'clock and make something right out of the fridge. So I do have some meats like that on hand. Um, some, some meals that I know I can generally make at any given notice. Um, and I love to keep weeknight meals simple, right? So it does not have to be a fancy meal. It doesn't have to be an elaborate meal. Think soups and sandwiches, tacos, sheet meals, like nachos and things like that um, with lots of fresh veggies and things and using your Instapot and your slow cooker. We love to do soup and sandwiches um, with, I make a lot of soups with leftovers and then we just have sandwiches with them. The kids really like that. It's really easy and simple. 
but everyone gets fed and it does not have to be, you know, anything elaborate. And if you don't meal plan, then what I like to do is spend five minutes in the morning before the kids get up or before you go to work and determine what dinner will be. This will allow you to pull anything out of the freezer that needs to defrost in plenty of time because that is probably one of my biggest um, obstacles is forgetting to pull things out. I have good intentions sometimes and then I forget to pull things out of the freezer and then I don't have anything. Like I said before, I have an arsenal of meals that I can easily make without too much hassle. Uh, and then I think it's also really important to to make your family mealtime pleasant, right? So it's so that we don't hate sitting down together. The kids don't um, hate it. They don't avoid it. It's something that is actually enjoyable. So now that you have everyone finally sitting at the table together, you know, what happens next? Um, you know, you want this to be enjoyable and success, not something that you're like, um, never again, we're not going to do that. So here's some tips for surviving the family meal time. Um, no phones or screens at the table. And this goes for parents also. Um, there's just no reason for it, you know, and it's caused distractions and, and, uh, rudeness and all those things. Um, another thing is like no lecturing. We try to not lecture too much and keep conversation pleasant. Um, and we save any kind of lecturing or, or more deep, uh, important conversations for a more quiet, intimate one-on-one -on -one time with the, the kids or whatever, as well as my husband and I, we try to keep any kind of, um, important conversations for another time. And then we also try to keep conversations engaging and open-ended questions um, so we can really establish and encourage and nurture um, communication skills among because we got little kids. So it's really about um, encouraging some of these other skills and um, character traits in our kids. And then we also, like I said, take it as an opportunity to teach younger kids their good manners and dinner etiquette. Um, so they're expected to sit on their butts facing the front. Um, if they get too rowdy, they got to go. They go into the other room with no TV. Um, they get excused. So I think that it's a really great way to incorporate a lot of different elements um, and learning experiences into a meal plan but also keep it light and pleasant and um, encouraging. So like, I think there's no denying that sitting down every evening and sharing space and time with your family is so important. And we love it, it was just something kind of something we did naturally. But I think that's because the way I grew up, we had dinner every night together as a family. And I know that's not the same for, for many other families, but if you're looking to incorporate this into a routine for you and your family, it's definitely doable. It's definitely doable. And, you know, the time that you have sitting down at meal, it becomes a reliable means of connecting with family members. It allows children time with their parents that is unrushed and attentive and routine. Um, and I just recommend to start small with one night this week. If you're getting started with it, um, grab some takeout and just sit together and eat. It does not have to be complicated. It does not have to be fancy. Um, just sit together, share space together, and eat together and see what that inspires um, for a more consistent family mealtime routine. So I hope that helps um, and I will see you in the next episode.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. I have a brand new guide out that is just perfect for this time of year. The Ultimate Fruit and Vegetable Seasonal Guide is now available and you can grab it for free at www.savemyveggies.com. If you are like me, you have thrown away produce that you just never got a chance to use. I used to do this all the time. Especially this time of year, as my harvest starts coming in, it can be difficult to properly store everything and make sure I either preserve it in time or use it up. That's why I created this guide. This guide has everything you need to stop wasting fruits and vegetables that you either grow yourself or purchase at the store. Learn how to properly store 25 plus fruits and vegetables to help them stay fresher longer. This guide also includes a month by month seasonal timeline so you know when to stock up on inexpensive and high quality fruits and vegetables to save you time and money. Again, you can grab that free guide at www.savemyveggies.com. As always, if you have any questions, want gardening advice, or have a topic suggestion for the podcast, please email me at info at wingingitonthehomestead.com.